You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the show, everybody. I am your host, Madjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as usual, I am joined by my good friend, Marcus Mosher. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. That's M-O-S-H-E-R. Uh, Marcus, what is up? It is championship week. Do you have the butterflies yet? I mean, I would have if, if my teams made it to the fantasy playoffs uh-huh. or to the fantasy champ. It's been a rough year, Kate. He just had so many injuries. So uh, I've got butterflies out there for my friends and all my you know people in the industry that are in these uh, big weeks. But for me personally, no. Which is kind of nice. You get to enjoy a week 16 without having to stress about it. It. I, I will say my blood pressure does get quite high in week 16. <laughs> so I'm glad you, uh, a new father, do not have that to experience. Yes, yes. I think you have enough going on in your life that you don't need the extra pressure. Um, let's just dive into it. Let's talk about what we're excited for this week. Aside from uh, hopefully the rest of us will be cashing in for yeah. our championship trophies. Um, I want to talk about a couple of offenses that I think are going to be interesting to watch this this week. And then, of course, promotion commotion, because we have to save your booties in the final week uh, as we look to close out this season and bring you home to a title. Because, guys, depth has never been more important. Marcus, what is on your mind this week? What are you excited for? What do you want to watch in week 16? Yeah, um, Kate, I'm interested in uh, TJ Hawkinson because, you know, right before we came on the show, I wanted to see, you know, who are the top finishers at tight end uh, through the first 15 weeks of the season. And surprise, surprise, TJ Hawkinson is the third highest scoring tight end in PPR leagues. Um, And frankly, that's kind of gross. Uh, over the, the <laughs> last over the last eleven games, he's averaging forty five yards receiving per game, uh, a half a touchdown, which is you know really good. But it's like it, it just doesn't feel right. And I know that there's a lot of people that are excited about Hawkinson because he was a, a high first round pick. He's starting to play better, but if he's really going to be his top three, top five tight end going forward. We need to see some big games, and this is a big week against Tampa Bay. Uh, Matt Stafford's going to be back in the lineup, hopefully healthy. I, I just want to see how he plays against that defense with Levante David and Devin White uh, and some pretty good safeties because if if he's not a factor and he continues to have some of these stinker games like he did last week, two for 18, no touchdowns, I'm probably trying to bail on him on the offseason and convince my league mates, hey, this is a top three tight end. Next, you know, <laughs> last year, he's going to continue to get better. Come get him right now uh, before I move him. Yeah, pull the pull the old switch and bait there. TJ <laughs> Hawkinson, I, I mean, I think what what we've seen from him has been solid from, you know, just his performance on the field. I think he's uh, performed well as an NFL tight end. I think he's done uh, well within the Lions offense. But for a, a guy that was taken uh, in the top 10 uh, first, what at number eight overall yeah, in 2019, yeah. I think from a fantasy perspective, you know, like the, the Iowa tight ends legend, we were expecting a lot more, a much yeah. higher ceiling for him. And it, it's a bummer that it hasn't, uh, I mean, it has paid off for fantasy, honestly, but um, I, I think the, Lions, the though, opportunity, it's, just been, it's been just so up and down. You yeah. Know? It, it and you know what? Like we've had we've had um, Kenny Galladay out of the lineup for so long. 
you would have hoped that he would just maybe assume more of a a centerpiece role in that offense, sure. and he really hasn't. That I think the issue in Detroit is that they don't really have an identity, and I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon. Can we play a little uh, Would You Rather game here, Kate? Because I think everybody would agree it's Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Andrews. Those are the top four. You can debate the order a little bit if you'd like. After that, it gets really tricky. Uh, let's do TJ Hawkinson or Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard for me. Okay, and We're I think looking I looking at agree. an offensive system that that is yeah. clearly built around the tight end. Um, you know, it hasn't really mattered who's at quarterback. We've seen plenty of of production from uh, all tight ends in that system. We know they they like to target the position heavily keep them involved as receivers. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So no. I'll take my bet on, on Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And it looks like Philadelphia might've upgraded their quarterback situation over the hey. last couple of weeks. So that certainly helps. Uh, what about Noah Fan? Oh, interesting. So, um, mm, that is an interesting question. Uh, you hear these sirens going off because you're just it's, it's so close. <laughs> it's an alarming question, Marcus. It is <laughs> an go. alarming question. Um, I think I'd probably go with Noah Fant there. Um, and just... you know, I it's kind of tough because you're looking at uh, two tight ends that I think we we both assumed were going to have higher ceilings than what we've seen. I think Fant definitely has a lower floor. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think his ceiling could be much higher um, just based on some of the big playability that we've seen so far. All right, let's do these other ones really quickly. Uh, Hunter Henry, free agent after the year. Hunter Henry. Okay, Jonu Smith. Ooh, That's where it gets tricky, I'll right? Take, I'll take Hawkinson. Okay, Mike Gusecki. I will take Mike Gusecki. Okay, so you're you're pretty low on Hawkins, and you have him closer to being a top ten tight end than uh, a top five one. One last one. How about Logan Thomas, my guy, who we talked about in uh, our last show? You taking Hawkins? No, I got to go with Hawkins yeah, in there. Yeah, I agree. Although that's it's exciting that's even this close. Um, <laughs> can I bring up another guy that I'm really interested in seeing this week, and that's Calvin Ridley, who has been. Just absolutely fantastic this season. Uh, we've seen him before be a big touchdown scorer. Uh, and now he's somebody, even without Julio Jones, putting up some just incredible, incredible numbers. Already this season in 13 games, 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, I think you can make a case that he is a wide receiver one going forward. And now my my case to you, or you know, what I'm going to ask you, Kate, is is he a top 10 dynasty receiver? Is that somebody that you feel really good about, you know, maybe trading a DeAndre Hopkins for this offseason? I think we have to look at him as as that type of receiver. We have seen, I think, all sides of the coin with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin Ridley has shown us, you know, his ability to produce yards. He's shown us his ability to produce touchdowns. He's shown us the ability to be the guy in the offense, whether or not Julio Jones is lined up alongside of him. I think we've seen him tested in a lot of different situations, especially this season, Um, you know, and they haven't, you know, necessarily been able to establish the run, 
they just there's a lot going on in in Atlanta that works against these guys and I think that Calvin Ridley has withstood a lot and shown just so much potential. I think you have to buy into to him as uh, at at least a top 12 tight end or wide receiver. Yeah, yep. I, I would agree. Least. Uh, over the last 16 games, 96 receptions, 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Two really good seasons in back-to-back years. We're seeing, you know, I, I was a little bit concerned when he came into the NFL that the touchdown potential just wouldn't be there. Um, that's obviously not the case. As a rookie, he caught 10. Last year in 13 games, he caught 7. This year, he has 9 touchdowns already. So, Scoring points, uh, pretty consistent in terms of yards per catch. He's making plays down the field. Now that we're starting to see him get you know, higher volume, already 122 targets this year, uh, I think we have to have a discussion about him being valued as a top tw- 10 to 12 receiver. Um, now, last one before we kind of move on. Does does his value change if Julio Jones is traded or they move on from him this offseason? I don't think so. I think the bigger question is, um, you know, what if they move on from Matt Ryan in that offensive yes. system? Yep. Um, that's my bigger question. But I, I, I'm not worried about Julio. I mean, we've uh, we've seen that he's able to to take on a, a wide receiver one role. I think that um, that I'm bought in. I'm totally bought in on You're Calvin Ridley, and I I really was not last season at all. So. I have to give him a giant pat on the back because he turned me into a believer. I'm I'm converted. <laughs> Big game this weekend against Kansas City. I mean, they don't have a cornerback that can stop him. Will Matt Ryan be able to be functional enough to get him the ball? I think so. So if you're if you have Calvin Ridley and you're in the fantasy championships, I'm expecting a pretty big week from him. Love it. I absolutely agree and i you know what i think i love that you brought him up as as such a high tier candidate cuz he's another name that i think uh you know earlier in the season we were hyped on calvin ridley but since that time we've gotten a lot of hype for the new rookies and mm. i feel like the the hype for calvin ridley has really cooled down and i'm not necessarily sure that there's a reason for it to to cool down Let's take a quick break, and then I want to get into a couple of these offenses that might need a little bit of extra Mm. help next week. Just want to take a quick break so we can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, and you guys know that that's my personal favorite right now, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first box. Also wanted to tell you about Bet Online. Are you ready for some football? We've got college football. We've got bowl games. We've got the playoffs coming up here in a little bit. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust when it comes to betting online. And that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbooks experts all right marcus 
let's talk about the elephant in the room. All right. The big steel beam in the mm. room. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, my my hometown team here. I love the Steelers, but they are not looking too pretty. In fact, it is quite ugly. Things are not looking good for the Steelers right now. They've lost tons of key pieces on on defense, but you know that hasn't translated into um, you know the need to push the ball down the field more or be more aggressive with uh, you know play calling. Yeah, it, they're just not moving the ball and they're not generating turnovers. What do we do with these Steelers weapons? Because Ben Roethlisberger is broken. So I remember earlier in the year, we were talking about can the Steelers offense support three fantasy relevant receivers in Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And now, after the last couple of weeks, you're wondering if they can even support one. Now they can. We've seen Deontay Johnson still get a ton of targets from Ben Roethlisberger. But I just want to tell you, let's run through the points that Steelers have scored over the last or this entire season. And you tell me where the drop off happened. Starting the year, 26, 26, 28, 38, 38, 27, 28, 24, 36, 27, 12, 17, 15, 17. Kate, what, ha- what happened? Did, I mean, did, did, did Roethlisberger just turn into a pumpkin? Is there an injury here? Is there any <laughs> hope that... Roethlisberger can get can get back to that early season form and get this offense humming because so many of these guys between those three receivers are all top 25 30 guys you know at the position so is there any hope left for Johnson Claypool and Juju I do think there is I think um Juju's probably the the guy I'm lowest on right now but just fairly you know, firstly, from a, a vol- volume perspective, Deontay Johnson is a stud. And yeah. I think even better than that, just seeing the way uh, the offense stalled out without him in the lineup, if it was even possible to stall out more than it had been, it oh did. Oh, my gosh. Like, it, yeah. it yeah. was not pretty whatsoever. Um, and I, I think he proved that even with drops, even though he's his fingers were well buttered up, he was still a, an integral part of that offense moving the ball. Um, I, I think that he's he's safe. I think Chase Claypool, um, you know, though he's not maybe a steady fantasy play at this point. Which is crazy because we were talking about him earlier in the year being the number one, you know, wide receiver from this rookie class. Oh, and, and you know what? I think he still, you know, we could be having this conversation in a year from now and look back and you know maybe with different offensive play calling they Mm -hmm. they just don't look like the same team and I do have to wonder if Ben maybe isn't healthy Um, maybe he's not totally uh, not doing great with the elbow you know I feel like during mid-season we started to sort of see him grab at that elbow a little bit then he suffered that that knee injury which uh, thank god it wasn't anything worse but he didn't miss any time with that you just wonder is I don't think he's healthy. I, I don't think he can be. Um, and you know the the decision making just hasn't been there. I'm not I'm not feeling it. It does seem like I think he heard that knee in the cowboy game. It does seem like his his numbers have really declined since then. And I don't know if it's because he can't put as much torque on his lower body uh, to throw the ball down the field. 
But even then, it just it seems like he's misreading things now, and he's confused by coverages, and he's making sloppy throws. Like one of the throws he had to William Jackson the other day that the cornerback dropped. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him make that type of throw. So uh, I'm nervous, Kate, because this is a guy that's locked up through next year. He's got, his cap hits forty one million dollars for Pittsburgh in 2021. He's already talked about coming back next year. It doesn't seem like Pittsburgh is interested in drafting a quarterback right now to replace him. And if this continues to be the trend, you know, for the rest of this season, the playoffs in the beginning of next year, I think you're going to see the the dynasty values of Claypool and even Johnson, you know, plummet. I do think uh, you're probably making a good case there. It hurts to say that, though. Hate to see it. Um, but I I think there's there's definitely something going on. But would you go out and buy these guys? Is this a time where you say, all right, so Chase Claypool, we've seen that drop off in production, which does correlate you know, pretty well with the, the play of Ben Roethlisberger. Do you say this is the time to buy? I don't know. I, I guess it depends. I, I feel like Johnson's production is so much based on Roethlisberger just finding one guy he trusts and throwing in the ball to him over and over again and it's all based on volume I'm probably buying Chase Claypool but is a Chase Claypool owner really going to sell him to me at a discount considering what we saw earlier in the season probably not so this is probably just an offense that I'm staying away from I I mean I think that's that's fair. I, as a Steelers fan, this is an offense that I do not want to be a part of. How about uh, the Saints? Let's talk about the Saints because we have seen them on a very, uh, we'll call it a wild roller coaster this <laughs> season. Um, but, you know, we saw them look like a, a, a solid offense. Then Drew Brees uh, suffered a chest injury. Then we saw Michael Thomas. He's been in and out of the lineup. Now he's placed on IR. Now we have Traquan Smith uh, in the injury mix. I'm not sure that he'll be good to go for week 16. So they essentially they have uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Jared Cook? Pretty much it. Yeah, Jared Cook. Uh, Latavius Murray. They, I mean, we've seen them get Latavius Murray a little bit more involved as a receiver, even though he doesn't uh, necessarily profile as that typical back for him. But what do you expect out of this offense? Because Drew Brees didn't look like Drew Brees. He looked like Big Ben last week, like current Big Ben. First and foremost, welcome back, Alvin Kamara, to the running back one discussion Woo. now that Drew Brees is back. Because we've seen him this year. Whenever Brees is in the lineup, he's going to put up monster numbers. Let's run through these numbers in PPR leagues. Uh, from the start of the year, when Breeze is on the field, 23.7, 38, 44, 44.7, 20.9, 20.9, 22.8, 23.3, 15.9, 34.8, and then 10.5 before Drew Breeze got hurt. Came back this week against Kansas City, right back to where he was at before, 18.4. So as long as Breeze is back, you can make a really strong case that Alvin Kamara is the most valuable valuable player in fantasy football uh, and against Minnesota this week, who has a pretty rough defense. I'm ex- expecting another one of those 28, 29 points uh, games from Alvin Kamara. I totally love that. Um, do you feel comfortable if you are in a position in one of your dynasty leagues, where maybe you don't have that tight end position secured? How comfortable do you feel with Jerry cook this week? 
I mean, just as comfortable as I would with any other tight end that's outside of the top two, right? I mean, so honestly, really I, uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. I mean, you don't feel great about any of these guys, but at least Jared Cook has a pretty strong resume over the last couple of years. We know that he can get into the end zone. He's attached to a pretty good quarterback. And oh, yeah, by the way, Minnesota's defense is absolutely atrocious. So, it, I mean, there's really not a difference between tight end three this week and Jared Cook. So why not? All right. I'll, I'll totally take that. Uh, let's take another quick break and then we will close out the show with some promotion commotion. Everybody, it is my favorite time of the week. Promotion commotion. Promote these guys from deep in your benches through the trenches. Uh, Marcus, we got to get these guys a, a fantasy championship here. Who can you muddle out of the waters uh, to bring home the title? First and foremost, we are not responsible if you put these guys in your lineup and they get zero. We are it's not, not, responsible. It's not responsible. It's your choice. But oh boy, we've got some we've got some names for you this week. How about Ito Smith, the now starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, goodbye, Todd Gurley. Uh, Ito probably not going to do a ton on the ground in this game. Uh, we expect this to be a shootout in Kansas City. Could Ito Smith get you five, six receptions and 30, 40 yards in the air to, to give you a nice PPR floor? Sure, why not? I, I'm putting Ito, in my, Ito Smith in my lineup this week. If I need a, you know, a, a really low-end RB2, I think you can do it. All right. Uh, I will take that. I will see your Edo Smith and I will raise you a Sammy Watkins. Um, again, not, not going to feel good here, but do face the Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, just last week, they allowed Antonio Brown, 93 yards, Mike Evans, 110 yards. Um, and we did see Sammy Watkins get more involved this past week. I, I think the key, uh, the key thing to, to look at is, None of these other, you know, wide receiver two options have really popped off the page. You know, Michael Hardman yeah. uh, oh. has made some some solid plays, but I don't think that he's done enough to to command a bigger target share. I think he, uh, Sammy Watkins, you know, he's got the the high upside for sure. Which, if you are in a place where you need to play Sammy Watkins, you are clearly needing upside. <laughs> Sammy Watkins represents that for me, and I think the matchup's impressimo. So this year, Sammy Watkins has four games over 50 receiving yards, which, again, not fantastic, uh, but at least you'll take that in most of those games. Over he has four. zero. Yeah, over a zero. And uh, he's played, let's say, four. He's played a, 10 games this season. So half the time, he's basically getting you eight, nine, ten points. That's fine. We know his potential. He's attached to Patrick Mahomes. They play the Atlanta Falcons this week, who, again, where this is going to keep being a, a, a theme here, can't stop anybody. So is there a chance he catches two passes for 60 yards and a touchdown? Sure, why not? Love it. I think this is the week. Uh, you've actually got another. We're, I feel like we're just sticking with the theme of uh, the Atlanta Falcons being bad, but uh, how about Tevin Coleman? former running back for the Atlanta Falcons. The 49ers need some help, right, Marcus? Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's rough, but no Raheem Mostert. Uh, we'll probably see some Jeff Wilson in this game. Uh, it's not the worst option in the world. I think Tevin Coleman's going to probably get 
10 to 12 touches, but in a Kyle Shanahan offense, we know how valuable that can be. If you're looking for a flex or you really are struggling at running back because let's say a James Robinson, you know, carried you to the championship and all of a sudden he's not available to you. Uh, maybe, maybe Tevin Coleman makes some sense. And I think, you know, look at the fact that you might, uh, all you need is a touchdown really. Right. And that is what Kyle Shanahan is really good at orchestrating. Uh, last but not least, again, I am not responsible for this play <laughs> if you choose to do so. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, rookie wide receiver Quintez Cephas. Like I've talked about him on the podcast before. Uh, didn't have an uh, outstanding rookie season by any stretch of the imagination, but just two weeks ago, uh, against the Chicago Bears, did post 63 yards and a touchdown. Now they get the Tampa Bay Bucks, who have been allowing plenty through the air, despite the fact that you know this has been a uh, a relatively tough defensive matchup. They've still been giving up a lot of uh, a lot of yards through the air, and let's face it, Quintez is not going to be facing top coverage. So no. I think he has a chance to to maybe benefit from that uh, lack of of head on coverage, and he might be able to squeak in a touchdown. That's my hope. It, Cephas is interesting because in week one he had ten targets, and then from weeks two to eleven he had nine total targets. So so what the yeah, heck happened? Funny. I mean, is it was it just some really fluky thing that happened in week one? I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people that are big fans of him coming out of Wisconsin, but to to have such a big role in the first game of the season and then basically to disappear, I, I'm not sure. He, he's certainly an interesting player and against Tampa Bay in a game that could be a shootout. Uh, why not? That seems like it's at least a, a little bit fun. Uh, plus, it gives you somebody to root for on Saturday after you're all done opening up your presents uh, the, on the Friday before. What you have to hope for is that there's a Quintez Cephas uh, touchdown underneath yeah. that Christmas yep. tree. But only if you have been good this year um, <laughs> will you get that touchdown. Otherwise, you're going to get a call and a big zero from Cephas this week. Which yes, I could easily you see. will. It all depends on your karmic, uh, your karmic <laughs> retribution. Uh, and how that's going to work out for you guys. Everybody, thank you so much for for sticking with us through our first season as Locked on Dynasty. You guys have been so fantastic. We have had a great time, and we hope we've given you uh, a couple of viable plays this week, uh, this season, to to help you get here to Week 16. Um, Everybody, be sure to follow me on Twitter uh, at FFBallBlast. Follow Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosier. And follow the show at Locked on Dynasty. Good luck, guys. Please send us some pictures of your matchup so we can uh, root along for you and, and cheer you on.